great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. We feature guests of varying backgrounds and lived experiences to share their empowering stories, knowledge, and insights. Our goal is for you, the listener, to fill your mind with empowered thoughts to further empower your human. I'm your host in Kitchen Waffle Robinson and founder and CEO of EIMS. I'm an experienced technology executive, an author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro athlete, an inspirational speaker and viral sensation with speeches that have over 7 million views worldwide, and most recently awarded WXN Most Powerful Women in Canada. I trust that you are already feeling empowered. So please listen, leave a review, share the podcast, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Welcome to the next episode of Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. Let me start with a question. How many people can say they've never worked for anyone else? Selling eggs door-to-door at 14 years old began a lifetime of self-employment. As a small business consultant, my next guest coaches self-employed and small business owners through all business growth and personal development they need for a successful business. Drawing on his own experience as a renowned, as a renowned portrait photographer, he sees in others what they don't see in themselves and apply the business strategies that result in a successful business and fulfilled life. He's a TEDx speaker and his talk featured on TED.com. He's the host of top rated podcasts, The Self-Employed Life, author of The Self-Employed Life and Lingo, an in-demand keynote speaker at conferences, events, and universities, a LinkedIn learner, learning instructor, and contributor to various publications. It is time for you to put your ears together for this amazing human, Jeffrey Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I could listen to you all day. <laughs> Better than any cup of caffeine anyone could ever have. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for saying yes. Oh, always. I'm very excited to share energy with you. So let's get right into it. So tell me, tell me and the, and my listeners about you, the person, the human that is Jeffrey Shaw. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Human that is Jeffrey Shaw. That's a big question. Let's go right out of the gate. (laughs) So the human that is Jeffrey Shaw, you know, we just do our thing, right? I mean, I think one of my favorite, I think this will go down as one of my favorite stories, uh, because I literally feel like, you know, we just do our thing. You know, we get up every day, we work, and, I, you know, I, I think it's important to keep our brains in check and our heads in check with who we are. And, you know, it's this weird duality that we want to make the biggest impact possible in the world, and yet it's like we take our work serious but don't take ourselves too serious. So I think my favorite story is one day I was out there, I was walking uh, – I had two dogs at the time. I since have had to let one go. Mm. But I was out walking with my two dogs, and – uh, someone I don't know sent me a message on Messenger, like this glowing message about how much she loved me and the work I was doing. And, you know, and I, I do believe, you know, I want to take it all in. Um, but I responded back and say, that's really nice. Thank you so much. And I'm picking up dog poop as I am write this back. <laughs> right? So that to me, it's like, that's exactly my exist. That is who Jeffrey Shaw is. Like, believe me, I'm out there to change the world. I'm trying to make everything as big as could be and creating impact. And I still pick up dog poop. poop. (laughs) I love that. That I think that just that's who I am. It's like I've always taken my work super serious and Mm -hmm. and the changes I want to make in the world, and Mm -hmm. I just don't 
take myself nearly as serious. Yeah, and that's what makes you entirely human. And that's why I connect with you so much. I love it. I love it. So I'm big on affirmations. Um, you know, and I, I love to ask, what is your great, like, what's your great I am? Mm. Right now, and I say right now because it's it's definitely something I put a lot of work into, and I definitely believe in sticking with an affirmation for quite a long time because mm. I think it's one of the reasons why they don't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, two reasons why they don't work. We can come back to the second one because I teach both of these in my book. Um, but the first reason is people don't stick with them long enough. So right now, my affirmation is that I am going from being well-loved by a small audience to being very friendly with a massive audience, mm. right? So for me, this is a stretch because my my nemesis monster, I've given him a name, is the small numbers monster. Mm. And what that means to me is I, as a photographer for 36 years, I had a very niche business, right? I was a family portrait photographer for very affluent families. So I did 150 shoots a year. I was, it was very controlled, right? So I had a very controlled existence. You know, I, at the time I was married, living in a nice little house in Connecticut, picket fence, the whole thing. And for 36 years, you know, I've been a portrait photographer for very affluent families. So I only, I only had to do 150 shoots a year to hit over a million dollars. And, but 75 to 80 of them were going to be repeat because I had more than a 50, usually about a 60% repeat rate. So, you know, my, my, the shy side of me, and that does exist, was very happy knowing that I only had to come up with like only 60 new people in the world had to find out about me. Like, I liked that. Like, I didn't have to make a big splash. The problem is now 60 people doesn't don't sell books, right? I mean, so my, my biggest nemesis now is how far I can stretch my brain. That's why, for me, my affirmation is this mindset of, you know, it's comfortable for me to be deeply loved by a small number of people. That's my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's who I am as a friend. Like, I don't have mm-hmm. a million friends. Like, I'd mm-hmm. rather go deep with fewer people. But for me to do the work I want to do in the world, mm-hmm. I have to have a massive audience. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm aiming for. Mm-hmm. And I refer to it as a friendly massive audience because I know it can't be as intimate, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be a jerk. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> right? So to me, it's this mental shift from small and intimate to large and friendly. And that's my current affirmation, just to kind of just bring me myself to that that place. I love that. You know, it's so funny as you're saying that I I we have a very similar kind of vision, right? Like so for me it is massive amount, like how to have massive impact as as Tony Robbins would say. And my vision board over there says the best way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people. Mm, and so beautiful. for me, yeah. that's like, that's that vision of having, and you're helping them how I'm helping them. How I was thinking ways that are empowering, like, you know, like just lighting up their lives, which to me yeah. is friendly and loving. And so, yeah, you're, we're on the same, we're on the yeah. same trail. Let's do it. Yeah. And the other, and the other, I'll just mention, cause I want to circle back. The, the other reason why affirmations don't work, um, in my opinion, and which is what I teach in the book is kind of my format. Like most people are too vague in their affirmations mm-hmm. and I believe in affirmations having a from to format i'm going Mm -hmm. from this to that Mm -hmm. like they need structure in order to to stick so i'm going from small and intimate Mm -hmm. to large massive and friendly Mm -hmm. right and to me that is the only way you can really get affirmations to work is have a really clear structure and get really clear on what you want to go from and what you want to go to 
And it's interesting because I, you know, on a different day, different podcast episode, we might have to, we might have to just have the battle on, on affirmation. I'm a big affirmations junkie and so many of the affirmations I declare come true. Right. And, yeah. and yeah, anyway, I'm big on affirmations, but that's a, it's another conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah. So tell me something, um, you know, we're going to get into, you know, your niche around self-employed and, and, mm. and I believe that you have this opportunity to leave a legacy here in this episode with my listeners. And so what would you love to be known for at the end of this interview? Mm. You know, our mutual friend, Leslie M., she keeps calling me the um, Pied Piper for the self-employed, which I love because I just picture myself in tights, and that's I mean, which I've never which I've never seen, but I can't help but the Pied Piper. I just think tights. Um, but I, you know, I like the idea of that. Like my leg is what I want to leave is I really do want to be a leader for mm-hmm. self. I've already started an advocacy group mm-hmm. in addition to the book and my podcast. I've created an advocacy group called Voices of the Voices of the Self-Employed. Uh, as a grassroots movement mm-hmm. so that we heard. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just want self-employed business owners to know that they have a leader, mm-hmm. right? That there's somebody leading the community of self-employed business owners, which to me hopefully includes uh, a kind of, I will say, a return to politics because I used to be pretty heavily involved oh, really? in uh, Connecticut state politics. And um, I would really like to get involved in D.C., Mm. Uh, here in the States and make sure that there's legislation on behalf of, of uh, self-employed business owners. I love that. I absolutely love that. So in keeping in that vein, you know, COVID-19 took the world by storm and mm-hmm. self-employed and small business owners have been significantly impacted, you know, but, you know, maybe you could touch on both, right? What have you come to learn about yourself being self-employed? Um, during this period of time, as well as what have you observed around small businesses and those that have tried thrive versus those that haven't? You know, it's um, for one, uh, you know, I have come to look at the whole pandemic situation and, and I'm totally riffing off of a video I saw very early on, which was called the great realization. Mm. And that's how I look at this whole pandemic. Uh, you know, I figure we've had the great depression. We've had the great recession, why shouldn't we have the great realization? Mm-hmm. So I think this has been a, for me, it's been a fertile time for realizations. And one of them is honing in on self-employed. But the book, I was writing a, I was writing a different book in January of 2020. Uh, I gave a keynote at a large conference and I gave the keynote. This is a conference I've spoken at many times. I wanted to give something different. So um, I kind of stretched myself and, and went into a different direction with this keynote and realized I tapped into something in my soul. Like I really felt like it wasn't actually, it wasn't actually a great keynote, but I felt like I had opened up a door. Mm. So uh, from the plane, I was texting my editor and saying, I'm writing the wrong book. Like the book we're writing, just it's, it's probably a smart business move, but it's not in my heart. So I said, I'm going to shelve this. I don't know what it is, but this, this, what we're writing isn't it. So that was in January of 2020. So we're only a couple months out. And in that period of time, I started formulating the ideas from that keynote, which ultimately would become the outline for the book. But it wasn't fully solidified as to what the book was about until the pandemic hit. Because as soon as, again, I mentioned I'm, I'm in, was previously involved in politics, and I, I know a lot of people in politics. So in here in the U.S. anyway, when there was talk about legislation called the CARES Act, mm-hmm. 
which would be financial help, my first reaction, because it always had been being self-employed, was great. Here we go again. It's going to be another time in history when the self-employed business owners are going to be overlooked, right? We're going to be too small for small business aid, and they think we can get by on a $600 stimulus check. Guess what? We're running businesses and lives. We can't, right? So every hair in my body went up on defense, and then um, I found out before it was public, I found out that no, actually for the first time in U.S. history, the words self-employed were in a piece of legislation. First time in history, like actually it said this CARES Act would protect self-employed business owners. So that was it for me. I'm like, rock on. Doors open. They're never shutting this freaking door again. Yeah. So that's when it became really crystal clear for me who, what the, who I was writing a book for, and it shifted because if you asked me a year ago, I would have thought, oh, I'm for entrepreneurs. But self-employment is different than entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And that just really solidified. So to me, the book, uh, the pandemic really solidified who I'm for and who I'm fighting for and what yeah. I'm standing up for. Yeah. As far as the impact for other businesses, some thriving, some not, it's such a complicated time right now um, because there are a lot of businesses that are really thriving. Mm -hmm. And there are other people that are in true struggle. And I, I see a lot of, I see an attempt to kind of quiet down the people that are doing well. And I feel like they must, they must also have like survivor guilt. And I'm like, no, let the people that are doing well speak up. Not only can we learn from them, but I think anybody who's struggling right now, here is what I had, the way I've always tried to position myself in a difficult time is as hard as it is. Be happy for the other person. Mm -hmm. I truly believe what you have, where you have to dig in yourself to truly embrace and be honest and happy for somebody else, where you have to dig inside yourself is exactly what's going to get you out. Mm -hmm. Right? That's exact that character where you have to dig is exactly the characteristic that's going to most help you to pull yourself out of it. So under all circumstances, you know, I know in social media, it's brutal, competitive and all this stuff we go through, but I try to dig deep and find the resilience inside of myself to genuinely be happy for somebody else's good fortune. Yeah. Um, and I feel like in doing that, we're training and not only are we attracting more goodness into our life, we're training ourselves to, to go deep and find that resilience to, to pull ourselves out. And where I want to take you next is around what I think you call the self-employed ecosystem. And it being a holistic approach to business for small businesses. And if you can talk to us about that. Yeah. I, you know, one of the key characteristics of being self-employed is that we are so in our businesses that there's almost no, it, it's just such a personal experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned in my bio, how I started selling eggs at 14 years old, which honestly, you know, <laughs> Yeah, sure. It's always nice to have a little extra money when you're a kid. And, and when you get older, you know, we, we think, I think sometimes that we're working for the money. But so often, particularly when you're self-employed, you're working for who you could become. Mm. And to me, self being self-employed has is such a vehicle to become a bolder version of ourselves because we have to put ourselves out there. We have to stretch. And um, so there's such an integration between who we are personally and how we are in business that it's, it's more than just the fact, you know, they say business, you know, don't 
business is business, don't take it personal, which doesn't apply when you're self-employed because it's all personal. But I think the part of it's all personal that I really think is important for people to understand. It's not that it's all personal and our feelings get hurt. The reality is, is that when you're self-employed, your level of success is contingent on your level of personal development. Mm. And I look at it as capacity. So every time you want to go to a, a greater level of success in your business, you first have to increase the capacity within yourself for what you're willing to receive. And a lot of times that's, you know, it's whether it's going from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset, mm-hmm. whether it's stepping into what you deserve. One of my favorite, one of my favorite things in the book, and I kind of tested this on social and it was so interesting. So I put this post on social media and I, I asked the question, if I said to you in a somewhat aggressive tone, you're going to get what you deserve. I ask people, how do you receive that? People are like, I'm in trouble. Yeah, I, I, right? I think I saw that. Post. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you said you, you know, I said, why isn't it a good, a good thing? thing? Like you're, right. you're going to get what you deserve. Right. And people were like, well, you said you said it in an aggressive turn to a tone. I said, you're damn right. I did. Like, why wouldn't I say to someone, you're going to get what you deserve in every bit of, of as much of an aggressive tone because you're going to get all the wonderful things you deserve, yeah, yeah. but we're not trained that way. Like our brains immediately go to the, not even that we're trained, we're not wired that way. So our brains go to the negativity. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean about increase the capacity. Imagine the work we have to do within ourselves to actually step into feeling like I deserve more yeah. than I currently have yeah. in order to invite the success that leads to more. Mm-hmm. So that's that to me is what I mean when I say business is personal and you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. It's because we always have to turn to the person within ourselves to actually create more success. Otherwise, we're just throwing more darts at the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's why people feel like they're a hamster running on a wheels because you're just applying a lot of action, but mm-hmm. you haven't increased the capacity for the action to fit into. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the ways that we can actually achieve that, creating that capacity within ourselves? So one of the first steps that I, when I'm working with a client, one of the first things, and again, I think this is very different to doing what many people do, um, is get, I, I help people first get really clear on what it is they want to get away from. Okay. Because traditionally motive, motivation is usually a dangling carrot. It's what we want to go towards. We are motivated to go towards our goals. We're going but the fact of the matter is humans are wired for negativity because we're wired for survival. We need to see our threats. And I, what I have come to break down is the difference between momentum and motivation. Momentum gets us going. You know, um, how does a swimmer, a competitive swimmer get going? They dive off the edge of the pool, mm-hmm. right? There has to be a jolt of momentum for which motivation keeps us going. And that jolt of momentum is getting really clear on what you want to get away from to the point you don't ever want to go back to that. So whether it's financial struggle, you know, I've, I had a coaching client that was a glaring example of this because she was, I would say hooked to being in financial struggle because she was constantly learning lessons. I'm like, you know, for as long as you love being in financial struggle, cause you think you're learning lessons, you will forever be in financial struggle. Like, why don't you hate this? Because you know what? You're not paying your bills. <laughs> you need to hate that. You know, and so, and that's why I try to get people to the point, like, what is it you want to get away from? Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to get away from being overlooked, you know, because you feel like other people are getting opportunities, like 
you need to go there. Like yeah. you need to say, I am tired of being overlooked yeah. before you assert yourself. You're not going to assert yourself until you really get tired of being overlooked. Yeah. That's the momentum we need for which motivation, all the yeah. happy motivation can keep us going. Exactly. But we need that jolt of momentum to get going. And that's where I begin. Is that almost the same as understanding your why, like knowing your why? Or is that a little bit different? Yeah, aren't there so many layers to this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's different than knowing your why. Okay. Um, because the why, first of all, I don't know if there's one why. Listen, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's one purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if you had asked me 10 years ago why I was on this planet Earth, I would have said mm-hmm. to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. That's not what I would say today. So mm-hmm. it morphs and change. But I do think there's a connective quality to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the, for me, the connective quality, which I think does point to my why is everything I do has some kind of witnessing component to it, right? And the power of witnessing, whether it's as a photographer, I really saw the power of being present and facilitating an environment for which people connected Mm. or facilitating the environment for which I pulled more out of people. Interesting enough, when you you reference the ecosystem, It didn't strike me when I was writing it how, so as a photographer, I photograph entirely on location. So I'm an on location environmental photographer. It didn't, I didn't at first make the connection how in this book, the teaching of the self-employed ecosystem, the whole point is, is to create the environment for the results you want. That's the power you have in business because the world is uncontrollable. But the one thing you have control over in your business is to create the environment for the results you want. Mm. Right, setting, knowing what that environment needs to consist of, which is I teach it, is personal development, business strategies that are right size for your business, and daily habits that create consistent mindsets. Mm-hmm. So those are the three big areas of the environment that need work. Mm-hmm. Once you create a healthy, just like an ecosystem in nature, right? You have different components. You have you have light and oxygen and you know living organisms. You have an, elements in in a living uh, organ, um, ecosystem in nature. If any one of those elements are off, it can kill the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens in a self-employed business because you are, you know, it's personal Mm -hmm. and it's this integration, Mm -hmm. just like if you don't take care of yourself, you know, that's why we do episodes on my podcast about self-care because when you're self-employed, if you're not okay, there's a good chance your business may not Mm -hmm. survive. Um, So, Interestingly enough, it hadn't occurred to me until I was writing well into the book, I realized the, how focused I am on environment. You know, as a photographer, I, photo, I use the environment to create images, and now I'm using environment to create the environment that people need for the results they want. So, you know, if you look at the why, there's like this thread that just runs through all this stuff that we do, no matter how opposite the, mm-hmm. the things that you, we do might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think momentum is different than your why because it, it it's 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 a it's a jumping off point from something a change a really big change we really want yeah, in our no, life. I, I understand it from the way you've explained I've always I've always used my why to mm-hmm. keep me motivated right like they you know your why should wake you up your why should get you going your why and so I but how you've how you've now given me the perspective of momentum I'm like yeah I guess but maybe there is a there is a jolt of momentum right? Like not wanting to go back or to be in a place that I've experienced before ever again, you know, which maybe is another way of framing my why in 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 some sense. 
Yeah, I think it's all connected. Like why, purpose, you know, what you want to get away from. I mean, these things have layers and layers to them and yeah. we, we unpack them as we go. Yeah. So I have to ask you something because even I was trying to research this um, as we got closer to today. But, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the innovative, innovative marketing strategies um, for relationally based businesses mm-hmm. and you mentioned such as a hug marketing and the mm-hmm. emotional journey and i was like yeah. like and my husband is <laughs> i'm this is an episode for my husband too right because he's a small business <laughs> owner so yeah. i was like i'm gonna get one for you here okay yeah you know i think so again one of the unique differences of self-employment is that there's a lot of you know we we go into business, we have all these creative ideas, we go into business, we kind of fall into the trap of traditional business and we find that much of it kind of freaks us out. Mm. You know, there's a lot of discomfort. I think a lot of, and I, I'm okay with the discomfort because I think really what it's telling us, I think there are a lot of people that really truly want to do business in a different way today. They want to be more purposeful. They want to be more, uh, you know, conscious of, of the mm-hmm. way they do business. Mm-hmm. And when I first started speaking, which gosh, probably 12 years ago by now, uh, I would come off stages and so often people would come up to me afterwards and thank me for giving them permission. And I have to say, I didn't really understand at first what I was giving them permission for. Like that felt like a weighty of responsibility that I wasn't prepared for. But then I finally, it took me a while, but I realized that what people that with what they were acknowledging as permission was to do business in a way that felt more aligned with who they are. Mm. And I think we battle that. So it's always been, I'm very sensitive. And my previous book was called Lingo, which is a, it's a brand messaging strategy because I'm really particular about the energy of words. Mm. I mean, they're so powerful, The right? The energy of words is so powerful. And I think a lot of common marketing words are they just have a horrible energy mm. things like if you, if we think about our audience, like as a target audience, mm. like how could they not feel targeted? Mm-hmm. Like if mentally you're, you're referring to them as a target, like in my business, we don't even have a marketing plan. I don't call it a marketing because the marketing is automatically followed by marketing at or marketing to mm. it's a target. Mm-hmm. So we, I refer to it as an enrolling plan. Like what's my enrolling plan? Like, what's my plan to enroll people into my life? What's my plan to bring people into my world? So that's where the idea of hug marketing came from. Hug marketing is, it's my version of wanting to get rid of the language or the energy of marketing funnels. Because I think marketing funnels, the way people energetically think about them, they are just as they appear, right? They're very open at the top, open-hearted, open-minded, and welcoming. And somehow it's an entire strategy to get people to squeeze through a small hole at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's how we think about our marketing, it's a terrible energy. Mm-hmm. Hug marketing, on the other hand, is a series yeah. of concentric circles. And the innermost circle in the middle is a hug. So imagine the goal being you want to bring people from the outer spheres of your world or your circles to bring them in closer and closer to the point where you would hug them. And so there's a series of them. You kind of go from what I refer the outermost uh, circle are lurkers, right? Those are the people that are listening to your podcast right now. You don't know them by name, but they're out there, <laughs> right? You're out, they're out there. And, and we build through social media and other things we do. We build a community. We build a large community of lurkers. Mm-hmm. That's how we create massive impact. Yes. You and I were talking about. Mm-hmm. 
And then once they're lurkers, then they they likely, hopefully at some point, become engaged. You know, that's when they start engaging with a little bit. And then if they're engaged enough, then they may become curious, right? So then they're stepping in, and then they go from curious to connected. And that's when they have surrendered permission, if you will, to they want a two-way conversation with you. So maybe they've opted into your email list, or they're inviting a more connected conversation. Mm -hmm. From connected, you hopefully can bring them into becoming a client but you're not done there. And so many businesses are striving for client acquisition. They stop there, but I'm like, no, 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 no. The next level is a hug. Like how many of those clients can you now make the hug clients where if you were to see them in person, you would physically hug them. Like, because there's that relationship. And I know you'll appreciate this. One of my favorite this is as a photographer, one of the ways I've always known when I achieved that was all the children I photograph, like for 36 years, and I don't know why, but all the kids I have ever photographed, they all call me Jeffrey Shaw. It's one word. I don't know. It must just be easier for kids to say. They all, Jeffrey Shaw. Jeffrey Shaw. I, I pull in the dry. They come running out on the porch. Jeffrey Shaw's here. Jeffrey Shaw's here. And when I'm photographing them, they're like, Jeffrey Shaw, do you want me to stand here? Jeffrey Shaw, should we go over here? It's all one word. And I... I have to say it's the most endearing thing because if I feel like I'm in them, like that to me is like, that's their verbal expression of a hug. Yeah. 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 Jeffrey Shaw to them. And the parents laugh because the parents think it's so funny. They're like, they don't call me. They just call me Jeffrey. Right. But the kids all call me Jeffrey Shaw. One word. Wow. That's a very innovative marketing (laughs) strategy for sure. I actually really, I like that from lurkers. Yeah. It really shifts the energy. And and I also think it shifts the responsibility. You know, I think we don't, as businesses, we do not deserve somebody else's hard-earned money. Like it's not, it's not an act of entitlement being in business. I like the burden of responsibility. Like, well, what do I have to do to inspire somebody to go from a lurker to be getting engaged? And what do I have to do to encourage them to become more curious? All those steps, it shifts the burden of responsibility on me as the business owner to take respect, like, what do I have to do? I don't deserve inherently. I don't, I, I, I don't actually like the phrase like, you know, no like, and trust. I'm like, that seems like a pretty low bar. <laughs> I think it takes more than that nowadays. Like it takes a genuine responsibility and effort to build that kind of relationship with people. That's a great, great strategy. So we got into the part of the uh, interview where I'm going to ask you some rapid thrivers. So when you think of someone who's mm. empowering you, who comes to mind first and why? Oh my gosh. Empowerment. You know, honestly, I had to go with Leslie M. Like she's my life and my world right now. Like <laughs> we message all day long and her, her book swagger phew, yeah. that's changed my life. Like it's such a great book. So yeah, yeah she is my, she's my number one uh, go-to inspiration right now. Yeah. We, we, uh, we share that. We share that for sure. What's yeah. a daily activity that helps you with your thrive? I do what I teach my, both my books, actually, it's called the what's going right journal. It's different than a gratitude journal. It's something I made up and I teach to other people. Um, I make a a journal every morning on what's going right, Mm -hmm. you know, because I want to retrain my, it's so easy to see our challenges and what's going wrong. Mm. Um, And it's deeper and more profound for me than gratitude because I'm inherently grateful. If I wake up in the morning and I'm breathing, the sun is shining and my dog is still with me, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. Um, I wanted to go deeper. So yeah. I dig every morning for what's going right. I like that. I think I'm going to start to adopt that in my journal. Mm, yeah, it's it's a good one. What is a book that has helped you with your thrive? 
Oh my gosh. Being an author. <laughs> I read two books a week. So oh, wow. I read wow, so read many. Fast. I know. Is that I'm audio crazy... or, or a hard copy? I read. No, I read them. Uh, okay. I can't retain audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I forget for my own podcast. I re- so a book. I tell you right now, and I just did a, a book review on this for YouTube. Uh, this book is so hot for me right now. It's uh, Sell the Way You Buy. And it's so aligned with the conversation you and I just had. You know, I mean, we know. We know what it feels like as a customer and a buyer. Like, why don't we sell the way we want to be sold to? Mm, <laughs> so I love the shifting of energy of that mm, to I sell like the that. way you buy. And who's the author? It's by, by David Primer. David Primer. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes for sure. What is an app that helps you with your Thrive? Uh, an app that helps me with my I thought Thrive. you are going to say task. What was it? Task, 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 task taker? What is it? You did a YouTube on it. Task rabbit. Task rabbit. Yeah. Task rabbit. No, yeah, task rabbit. I yeah, I don't even know the right end of a hammer, so I need to call handy. I need to call handy handy people, and that's what task rabbit's about. Um, an app that helps me with my thrive. I will say, um, the. I tell you, probably, I mean, it's simple, but I use an app called the To Do app. Mm-hmm. It's the number two do. Um, it's really helped me put less pressure on myself because it's so easy to digitally move something. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to look at what do I need to get done in the week? Mm-hmm. And then I break it down by the day and I give myself some grace. If something doesn't get done on Tuesday, when mm-hmm. I thought it was going to get done, right. It can get moved to Wednesday. Right. So having a digital version of a to-do list offers me a lot more grace. And I think actually when we, we release the valve a little bit, I think mm-hmm. we get more done. I'm going to check that one out. And, uh, yeah. Last one, what is one misconception that people have of you, right? Like you're on big stages, you're an author, you're, you know, TEDx speaker. You know, what's one misconception that people might have of you as they see you, you know, in, in your thrive? So the, the, I tell you, the biggest mis I think the biggest misconception people have of me, oh my gosh, I get two come to mind. Can I share two? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to say one and I'm like, no, but that, the two for one I think sometimes I'm perceived as a snob and that's a tough one for me. And I, and I've always, and I'm aware, I think maybe a little less so now, mm-hmm. but I think I'm still holding on to that old feeling. Mm-hmm. But the reason is, is because I'm kind of inherently shy and it's, <laughs> it's interesting that. how shyness can, people can think you're a snob when you're being shy. You know, mm-hmm. I actually have it in my speaking contract that I won't attend any cocktail parties or anything the night before I'm speaking. And the reason is, is that I really need that time alone mm-hmm. to, I want to do the best job I can, but I so clearly written out my speaking contract because to just say no would make you sound <laughs> like you're a snob. Yeah. Right. But I clearly explain, I won't attend any events the night before I'm speaking because it will tap me out and I want to do a good job yeah. for you. The other misconception, uh, perception i think is that uh i think people think i'm i do better than i really do like i think there's this way in which people think oh my god that, you know i live in a gorgeous apartment in miami i got great water views but people wind up having a perception that you know you're killing like i try to bring it down and <laughs> so one of my goals in this book was to kind of make sure people realize that i'm more in the trenches than they, than they realize mm. like i work really hard mm. and i put in the hours i put in the effort mm. um so I, I think it's, I always say, I think it's part of just being a middle-aged man with gray hair too. There's like a, a image, but I work harder now than I did. I had life easy as a photographer. Yeah. Let me tell you, I mean, money was rolling in. It was easy. Yeah. 
I work a lot harder now. Yeah, I, I say never discount. When you see somebody, man, you got to know there's a lot of work behind that, you know? 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. So, so thank you. So tell us, where can we find more of you? And do you have any projects coming up that you can share? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, yeah, of course, the most recent pro- uh, project is getting this book out in the world. Um, and this is my first, this is my second book, my first one with a publisher, my first book I self-published. And it is a different world when you're working with a publisher, um, in part because there's such, and I love my publisher, but there's a whole team there, right? And I want all of us to thrive. Yeah. And uh, I told my publisher from day one, I said, it is anytime I'm collaborating with somebody, it is my goal to be their favorite client. Mm-hmm. So um, I like to be all in and make sure I'm connected with everybody on the team so but it's exhausting yeah you know when you when you live your life that way uh it's it's more tiring so yeah. uh, that is definitely the biggest project is getting this book out there it's been at a whole other level they also have worldwide distribution which i didn't have with the self-published book mm. so you know to have conversations about them making sales estimates for the book in england and australia and um it is as we said it's like those big numbers like yeah. okay wait a minute we're, we're talking about what warehousing books in australia like how's that work <laughs> and the, just oh, for just yeah. for the perspective for the listeners you know we are inter- we are um recording this in the end of march when is your book released so the book comes out may 4th yeah yeah so, so it will be available. out as you go all are listening to it yeah so you can go get it right now um <laughs> And um, yeah, go ahead, please make all my dreams come true. Yes, we will for sure. And where can we find you online? Um, gosh, I'm not hard to find. I'm all over social. So my website is jeffreyshaw.com. Um, definitely on LinkedIn. So, yeah, my, it's the same name. I was fortunate enough to get my name on all platforms. Awesome. So. And we'll share yeah. everything and every link. And so awesome. uh, as a parting question, this podcast is called Empowered in My Skin. And I want to know, you know, what does that mean to you? Uh, first of all, I love the notion of being empowered in, in your skin. Like, you know, I mean, we spoke about Leslie in her book, Swagger. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, she has her own definition of swagger. And to me, it's like, yeah, swagger is just when you're comfortable in your skin. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the phrase in your skin. Like, mm-hmm. that has such a, so empowered. Yes, nobody else's skin is you. No, this is it, right? <laughs> so empowered in, empowered in my skin, to me, is, it's a level of, of comfort, and a level of mm. assuredness, which is not necessarily confidence. You know, I'm working with a branding. I'm working with a branding client right now. That I told her just today. I said to her, I said, you know, I her her business name is called Hello Gorgeous, mm. and she's a photographer and an improv instructor. Right, so we're bringing these two mm. worlds together. And I said to her, I said, you know, you have the power right now to really reframe what gorgeous. Like to me, when you say to somebody, "Hello, gorgeous," mm. it's that. It's that energy of when you turn to somebody and you're, you wake up in the morning alongside your loved one in bed and you turn around and you say, hello, gorgeous. And you know what? In that moment, there's nothing physically gorgeous going on, yeah. right? But the gorgeousness is there. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I think we right now in today's world, I think, I think gorgeousness is more important than beauty. I think mm-hmm. beauty runs the risk of being pulled up to the surface to say, oh my gosh, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. But to say somebody's gorgeous, mm-hmm. Like to be gorgeous to me is like being empowered in your skin. It's all in there and it's a, it's a accumulation of so many things. You're just gorgeous, right? Gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you are gorgeous. Thank you. I love it. So are you, my friend. And so to everyone that's listening, I trust that you're feeling extremely empowered. And Jeffrey, I just really want to thank you for sharing energy with myself and my listeners. Um, This has been a great interview. 
Thank you. Well, your energy comes through the waves. <laughs> and unfortunately, though, this is where I have to say, we're out. Bye-bye. So there you have it. I trust you're saying to yourself, I'm fully empowered in my skin. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you feel can benefit from the empowering content that we deliver. As Tom Billia says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been fun hanging with you. It's your girl, and I'm out. <laughs>